0: chapter 6 of paul a herald of the cross this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org paul a herald of the cross by florence m kingsley chapter 6 the recluse of caprai i must see the emperor and that without delay thou art a madman be gone thou shalt pay dearly for it if thou admit me not tis a matter of life and death i tell thee who art thou codrus the slave of agrippa i bear his signet ring in token that i must be admitted to the emperor's presence the porter stared suspiciously at the solitary figure which waited below in the half darkness he scratched his head reflectively who is with thee i am alone "'Canst thou not see knave?' "'Knave, am I?' growled the other. "'I know thee not, dog of a slave. "'Get thee gone, or I shall have thee seized and thrust into the stocks. "'Ah, very well. "'I was ordered to give thee a golden cup, "'but now I shall come to-morrow, "'and thou wilt receive instead a scourging. "'Farewell.' "'Stay yet a moment, fellow.' How didst thou pass the guard by this token of the signet blockhead i am going nay i will open one must be cautious as thou knowest in these days or lose one's breath beneath the cord tis an ugly death is strangling ugh he was undoing the heavy bolts as he spoke and presently flung open the door codrus stepped in what is thy message? I will carry it. Thinkest thou that my master would have me brute his words in the ear of every slave in the palace? Lead on. Not so fast, slave of a Jew. There is yet the inner guard to be passed, and the officers of the bedchamber. Where is my cup? Hm, mm, yes, a very pretty bauble, stolen, I dare swear, from thy master. Codrus turned pale with anger. May the gods smite thee for a chattering fool, he said violently. Show me the way to the emperor. By way of answer, the porter lifted a small silver whistle to his lips. Two armed men instantly appeared. Here is a man, said the porter, who insists upon being admitted to the presence of the emperor. Impossible at this hour of the night, exclaimed the centurion, flashing the light of his torch full into the face of Cordus. "'Return to-morrow at the proper time. "'Then, if thou art rightly credited, thou shalt be admitted.' "'I will be admitted now,' said Codrus, boldly. "'To-morrow will be too late. "'This is the token that my business is urgent.' He displayed the signet. The two soldiers exchanged glances. They withdrew to a little distance and whispered together for a few moments. "'Follow me,' commanded the centurion with an authoritative gesture. Codrus obeyed. Through long corridors paved with costly marbles, past terraced gardens where the moonbeams played brightly on sparkling fountains or lingered on the white beauty of countless statues, across spaces of velvet lawn glistening with dew, went the three, the centurion leading the way, Codrus following, while the third man brought up the rear. Presently the centurion paused before a large doorway in front of which stood four armed men. A word to these, and the door swung open, revealing a large, dimly lit apartment. Pass in, commanded the centurion briefly. Codrus trembled. Great beads of moisture started out upon his forehead. He fancied that he could detect a scornful smile upon the face of the soldier. What is this place, he said, looking about him fearfully. The ante-room of the emperor's bedchamber, knave replied the centurion in a half-whisper. If thou hast lied concerning thy errand, thou art a dying man, for Tiberius will cause thee to be strangled on the spot. Codrus made no reply. He could not. His tongue clave to the roof of his mouth. He fixed his eyes on the imposing personage who had advanced to challenge their presence. Who is this person, and for what reason is he here? A slave belonging to the jew agrippa and bearing his signet he demands audience with the emperor replied the centurion i have brought him to thee that thou mayest judge whether or not to admit him what sayest thou shall i put him in guard till to-morrow it is not impossible that this is some plot to assassinate hold thy peace cried the other sharply art thou not one of the slaves of caius he added turning to codrus i was formerly "'Worshipful Stephanian,' answered the slave who had regained his courage by this time. "'At present I am the property of Agrippa. "'I hold his signet in token.' "'The chamberlain shrugged his shoulders indifferently. "'It matters little what thou art and what thy errand. "'The emperor is awake. "'Thou shalt enter. "'It will serve to while away the hours of the night.' "'He drew aside the heavy curtains of crimson, stuff interwoven with silver.' which hung before the arched opening at the end of the room, and signed to Codrus to enter. Upon a low couch of carved ivory, heaped with cushions, lay the figure of a man, huge, bloated, the livid face hideously disfigured with purple blotches. This much the slave saw at a single glance. Stephanian advanced noiselessly, and knelt at the foot of the couch. A messenger, from the Jewish Prince Agrippa, "'Would deliver to thee important tidings, divine Tiberus. "'What is thy pleasure concerning him?' "'The huge bulk stirred with difficulty. "'The swollen lips moved. "'Fetch him hither. "'He is here, illustrious master of the world.' "'Codrus fell on his knees. "'He felt, rather than saw, that a pair of terrible eyes were fixed upon him. "'Again, his tongue refused its office. "'Speak, slave!' "'Thy life is in danger,' faltered the trembling wretch. Tiberius laughed harshly. "'And does Agrippa send me this word? By the gods, tis a good word, a word of cheer to send at midnight to a man weighed down by years and infirmities. What does the fellow mean?' "'Nay, thou dost mistake. I will tell thee all. It is not the word of Agrippa, but—' "'What, then? Say what thou hast to say, quickly. Thou art the slave of Agrippa?' Codrus crawled a little nearer the couch. Be pleased to look in mercy upon me, divine majesty, who am a slave owned by Agrippa. Two days ago, I was the slave of Caius. I drove his chariot, Agrippa, being in his company. They talked of many things. They spoke the name Tiberius, emperor of Rome. The Jew Agrippa declared that, But how can I speak the base words in thy hearing? "'Declare them instantly, knave, or thou shalt die!' The Jew Agrippa declared that the illustrious master of the universe, the god of the whole—mercy! Have mercy! The emperor had thrown the contents of a cup of wine which stood at his elbow full into the face of the kneeling man. Stephanian smothered a laugh. "'Now canst thou speak?' growled Tiberius, raising himself unassisted to a sitting position. "'Thou hast had wine, royal wine. Speak!' Agrippa declared that thou wast too old to rule longer, muttered Codrus sullenly, and said that he hoped the time would not be long before a worthier should occupy thy room. "'And what said Caligula?' Codrus hesitated a moment. His former master was at his mercy. Should he ruin him with a word? Nay, he would even spare him for the present.' He smiled triumphantly. Caius made him no answer, master of the world. "'He can afford to keep silent, black-hearted wretch,' muttered Tiberius, as if to himself. "'I know him. I know him. But what if I cause him to be poisoned or sent into exile? The Romans would execrate my memory. Let them have the son of Germanicus to rule over them.' When it shall come to pass, they will cry out in their misery that Tiberius was a god, that his reign was a reign of happiness. Ah, he will avenge me. The emperor's great head had sunken upon his breast. His eyes grew fixed and glassy. A low, gurgling sound issued from his lips. Stephanian sprang forward in alarm and caught him in his arms. Hand me yonder silver flask, he said to Codrus. The slave obeyed now chafe his feet so while i bathe his temples with wine ah he is reviving scarcely had he uttered the words before he was hurled violently to the floor tiberius had caught the last words reviving he cried in a terrible voice his eyes flaming dog of a slave how often must i tell thee that i am not ill i am strong enough to strangle thee i and i will do it yet i am old Yes, so also are the gods. I am mighty. I am terrible. I am the lord of the whole earth." Then on a sudden he sank back on his cushions, sobbing weakly like a sick child. "'Wilt thou not be pleased to take a swallow of wine, Divine Master?' ventured Stephonian humbly. It may serve to refresh thee." Tiberius seized the cup and raised it to his lips. "'Pah! It is not wine,' he muttered. "'It is blood blood but no matter i will drink it blood is life he handed the empty cup to stephanian his manner once more calm and composed send this slave away stay let him remain in the palace for the present call Sejunus hither stephanian touched a silver gong instantly a number of liveried servants entered the apartment to these he repeated the orders of the emperor in a low voice codrus found himself unceremoniously hurried away stop he cried i have had no reward i must ask the emperor for my freedom be thankful that thou hast faced tiberius and live answered one of the men who had seized him with a low laugh with this scant comfort he was forced to be content left to himself in the slave quarters of the palace he gave a vent to his rage and disappointment. He tore his hair and his tunic. He bit at the wooden bench upon which he had thrown himself. He cursed the fates. He cursed Agrippa, Caius, and even Tiberius himself. He cursed them eating, drinking, sleeping, dead, and wandering on the hither side of the gloomy sticks. He besought the gods to torture them, as he himself was tortured, with perpetual chains and servitude in the mad delirium of his anger his voice rose to a loud scream may they lie upon beds of flame he howled may they quench their thirst with molten brass may they feed upon scorpions ah interrupted a deep voice from out the gloom very proper and pretty wishes friend but if thou art not presently silent thou shalt arrive first upon the banks of the Styx. for i myself will immediately choke thee and that as convincingly as a professional handler of the bowstring. Who art thou? said codrus, turning cold in his terror. I am Narcissus, like thyself a slave. With delight I have listened to thy ravings. Each malediction have I echoed. But thou hast overstepped the bounds of prudence in raising thy voice. A whispered curse, good friend, will reach the ears of the furies quite as surely as one shrieked forth and tis far less likely to recoil upon the head of him that utters it. Besides all this, I am weary and must sleep. Therefore, hold thy peace. I cannot sleep, answered Codrus sullenly. Nay, if I sleep, let it be the sleep that knows no awakening. I will no longer live a slave. The slave of to-day may be the freedman of to-morrow and rolling in gold, replied the other oracularly. Fortuna delighteth to perform such miracles. Best remain alive yet a little while. Many things will happen, and strange things, too, before the year is out. Moreover, I carry the keys of the wine vaults. Hold thy peace, that I may sleep. And to-morrow thou shalt taste the emperor's vintage. To Prince Agrippa the light of morning brought an unwanted sense of satisfaction. He lay for a while watching the play of the sunbeams amid the silken draperies of his couch. Then, languidly stretching his strong limbs, he admired the manly beauty of their proportions. Ha, ha! he chuckled to himself. What a miserable, bandy-legged specimen of humanity is our friend Caius Calugula. A surly dog, too, but I must flatter him and keep him friendly to me for unless i mistake he will one day be master of the civilized world he will make me a king if his humor suddenly change not to a fancy for strangling or poisoning me by all the gods if there be any gods there is no such thing as true friendship in earth or heaven and yet there is cypros poor little woman a touch of tenderness crept into his hard black eyes "'What now if I do as she asks?' return to Galilee. "'By Apollo, I will do it. "'I am weary of all this myself, "'and as for yonder dying brute Tiberius, "'he is as dangerous as a wounded lion. "'I had best put myself out of reach of his claws.' "'An hour later, fresh from his bath, "'and arrayed in robes of royal purple, he sought his wife. "'He found her in the garden "'where she had bidden the slaves prepare breakfast.' "'Greetings, wife of mine,' he cried gayly, "'thou art as lovely as Aurora herself, and more sweet than the roses beside thee.' Cyprus blushed with pleasure. She did indeed present a fair picture in her filmy robes of white, bound at the waist with a girdle of gold and pearls. Fair and golden-haired as a daughter of Greece, her dark, fiery eyes yet reminded the beholder of her Idumanian ancestors.' The dark eyes were tender and loving now, as they wandered from the tiny maiden who was clinging to her robe, to the face of her husband. Thou wilt breakfast with us, my lord? I will breakfast with thee, princess, replied Agrippa, throwing himself carelessly upon the marble bench at her side. And afterward I will see the emperor. If, as thou hast said, he will restore to me the edelship of Tiberius, I am minded to accept it. Though 'tis a beggarly enough place for a grandson of herod the great and what is our present position said cyprus bitterly a dark flush staining her pale cheeks dependent upon the bounty of a man whom we can neither love nor honour love and honour are strange words to use on the island of caprae princess said agrippa with a mocking laugh what love tiberius honour tiberius hush i beg of thee whispered cypros I heard a strange sound, a sound as of the clash of weapons. Nay, little one, tis only the clink of silver dishes. The slaves are bringing in the breakfast, and I am right glad of it, for truth to tell I have an appetite. Agrippa rose as he spoke, and with a light laugh turned toward the entrance of the court. Through the open door he saw, to his intense astonishment, a quintarian of Roman soldiers. Bligh! gasped cypros they will seize thee nay i will not fly here is some stupid blunder he raised his voice angrily what mean ye knaves by intruding upon our privacy by the gods but some one shall smart for this in the name of the emperor said the centurion laying his hand on the shoulder of the angry man soldiers do your duty the soldiers advanced stolidly THE FOREMOST MAN PRODUCING AN OMINOUS-LOOKING CHAIN. BUT HE PAUSED, OPEN-MOUTHED, AS CYPRUS, WITH A WILD CRY, DARTED FORWARD. WHAT MEANS THIS OUTRAGE, SHE DEMANDED, FIXING HER BLAZING EYES UPON THE CENTURION. SURELY THOU ART OUT OF THY SENSES. I AM COMMANDED, PRINCESS, TO DELIVER THE BODY OF HEROD Agrippa, PRINCE OF JERUSALEM, TO THE GOVERNOR OF THE TULIDIUM. I MUST DO MY DUTY on what charge surely he may first plead his cause before the emperor the meanest citizen hath the right the rights of his position princess will surely be extended to him do not doubt it in the meantime he will be treated with the well-known clemency and justice of the divine tiberius agrippa burst into a loud contemptuous laugh tis enough he said with a shrug of the shoulders Content thyself, my princess, with a glad assurance. Farewell, till some happier fortune shall unite us. Turning to the centurion, he added, Spare me that chain in presence of my children. I will go with thee without resistance. End of chapter 6 Recording by Scarlet, Louisiana